Alright, here we go. Season 3, episode 11. And it's gonna be explosive. It's gonna be a hot one. <laughs> it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Things are gonna get a little steamy. Um, why? Yeah, be- what's what's in the news? What's prompting this? Well, yeah, so um, in our never-ending quest to come up with uh, prescient and topical content, mm. um, the for those of you who may or may not know, whether your head is buried in the sand or you actually pay attention to some news, uh, there is a volcanic eruption currently still going on at... Um, uh, St. Thomas on, no. uh, I'm sorry, not St. Thomas, St. Vincent. Yeah. I've been to St. Thomas and it's I think- It's not Tommy, man. It's over there on Vinny. I think I was, uh, wishing I was on St. Thomas right now. Uh, and yeah. And so because, uh, because of, uh, this, this eruption that was going on, it made a lot of questions pop into my head that I just had to have answers for. And, and while those questions were, uh, compiling- uh, or piling up in my head, I thought about uh, Mount, um, yeah, Jesus, man, wow, Mount Vesuvius in Pompeii. And uh, so today, I guess we're going to talk about a couple different things, but obviously Pompeii being the forerunner, because that's that's one of the ones that I think uh, when you mention like catastrophic volcanic eruptions, a lot of people know Pompeii. You know, I thought they were two different things until I read this. I thought Vesuvius like was an event. And I thought Pompeii was an event. I thought they were both volcanoes and both like massive events. And then when I was watching it and they were like, oh, yeah, Pompeii. And right next door was Mount Vesuvius. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. I, yeah, I totally knew that. I'm immediately going to let you filibuster for about 20 seconds because I just realized I left my main notes in the other room. Buster. Last time I filibustered, people stopped listening. Yeah, well, here we go. 30 seconds in, they're going to turn us off. I'm going to be honest, now that Dutch isn't here, he's going to hear this after Brian does all the mixing and editing, but when he said we were going to do the Mount Vesuvius Pompeii cast because of all this stuff that's going on in St. Vincent, I was like, dude, this is going to be, I'm thinking like this is going to be a little boring, uh, but it was cool. I got to actually read a little bit, watch a little bit, and I learned something, and uh, it should should be pretty cool. So, uh, oh, hell, hey, hey, there he is. He's what back. I, what I miss? No, nothing. Hey, hey, man, what's up? What are you guys talking about without me? nothing brian not you um so the reason uh i thought to get my this other notes is because uh it wasn't just it wasn't just pompeii that got decked uh we have to talk about um herculaneum herculaneum is another city that got uh belted by vesuvius so so August twenty fourth, um, August twenty fourth, seventy nine A.D. Go, you're on. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard that, I was like, "Wow, seventy nine A.D." What's weird about that is if you think about seventy nine A.D., the amount of time that has passed between nine eleven and now is not much different than the amount of time that passed from the time that Jesus died and this happened. So. I automatically was like, yo, these guys like knew Jesus. These guys knew Jesus over there. And then, um, like you said, when we were talking about it, it's like, well, it's not like Jesus was on Twitter. Like, yeah. He wasn't some like preachy, like kind of crunchy California guy. 
with all these newfangled ideas and he wasn't like woke for the time with an account. So what's nuts is as the crow flies, Jesus was was doing his thing relatively close uh, from an earth standpoint to where Pompeii and Vesuvius and Herculean or whatever that is, where all that went down. But it's nuts. It's like, like Dutch, Dutchwitz said to me, they none of these people probably even knew who he was because the Bible, none of the people who is uh, who wrote the books of the Bible had written any of the books of the Bible yet. Um, yeah, that I don't came know like how soon years. afterwards. Dude, but I like, think like seventy years later was the soonest. Yeah, book that was written. So that stuff hadn't even been done yet. So besides the Roman Empire kind of knowing at this time that Jesus was kind of annoying, and he had a bunch of shenanigans, and they killed him for it. It wasn't that wasn't going on yet, but in my mind, I was like, "Oh, these guys knew that guy. You could do that." But well, you know, not, it's, not so much. You know, it's funny Maybe you mentioned it. It's funny you should mention that because this eruption could have played a part in some of the stories that are in the in the Bible. Not that I know any of the stories that are in the Bible, but it could have played a part in the writing of it because, like, these people that lived around uh, Mount Vesuvius, they didn't even know it was a volcano. Yeah, is they that wild? They didn't know that they were living next to a volcano. They just thought it was a mountain. Which is crazy because like when you see pictures of it, I looked up some pictures of like Pompeii now. It's pretty fucking obvious that there's a m- massive volcano right there. Yeah, but when you believe in like superstition, hocus pocus stuff, I mean like you don't, and not science, you know, that's what you get. Or but- And also, do you know that the people there, what I was reading it, they had no idea what a, a an erupting volcano was. Well, like, that, that that's understandable. I mean, like if at you, all, yeah. So if, they were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, I mean, so why do people live? I, this is another question I have. It's like, why do people live around volcanoes? Well, the reason, one of the main reasons why people live around volcanoes is because apparently, the because of of a volcano, the the soil. Right. around right. a volcano is so rich in nutrients that it makes for a really great place to grow it's crops. It's really and stuff. fertile. Yeah. So if you're out there wondering like, uh, well, why did these people keep living around volcanoes and getting destroyed? That's, that's why. Yeah. It's not. And it's also like, there's no information and you could live your whole 50 year lifetime and there's without a rumble. It's not like the same thing where people go like, Hey, um, if you live in Florida and every other year you have to evacuate and your and your place gets ravaged by a hurricane, like why do you live there? So it wasn't like that. Like these events are not that common. So they they knew about earthquakes because they had earthquakes. And they ironically, or yeah, okay, I don't know if you'd say it ironic. It was ironic, but like 17 years prior to the eruption. Uh, there was an earthquake, but and it was related to some of the stuff that was going on within Pompeii and uh, within Vesuvius. But again, they didn't know. They just said, "Oh, there's an earthquake. The gods are angry. Whatever." Um, but had they known anything about uh, volcanoes or science, they might have been like, "Hmm, earthquake, volcano." And then what would they have done? <laughs> just <laughs> Probably left. Probably nothing. Probably like nothing. Up, up their lives and just left. They, they, they didn't have like this massive mobility. Yeah, which is something when you look at this uh, situation in in uh, uh, Saint, Saint Vincent, Vincent um, like 
you know that and and it's something i'll talk about at the end of this uh podcast or at the end of this segment is uh like you know how many volcanoes are there out there how often do they erupt and so on and so forth and the uh the volcano on saint vincent um it erupted i think in 1979 um if my memory serves me correctly um it, it erupts often and even in 1979 there were no deaths because there's a little bit of forecasting that goes on now and there's there's ability to get off an island quickly and you know stuff like that so a lot of times well we'll talk about other volcanoes but in in this in this kind of situation people are evacuated now because they know that like the worst of it may not be over it's still not predictable but you know until that thing really settles down you you take precautions but even so i mean the humanitarian issue that happens when you have a relatively poor nation or poor island you have a lot of people who aren't super mobile a lot of people with not a lot of expendable income or savings and then you ask them to evacuate for some undisclosed amount of time i mean that's sort of it's a kind of akin to covid how long can you stand without working well how long can you stand to just evacuate and not go home and not continue your life so it's kind of similar. I mean, I know back in this AD 79, um, people were very immobile and had to stay and also were ignorant and didn't know what was going on. But even now, yeah, we have all this ability to predict and, and, and help evacuate people, but it doesn't mean that people are still able to. At, 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 as far as up to today, only 20% of St. Vincent had evacuated. And the yeah. rest either were not in an area where they felt like there was any kind of harm, which, I mean, I don't, I, I guess, but there's also people who just can't afford to leave. Yeah. So, um, and also won't leave and refuse to leave. Oh know? yeah. Like my boy. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I Mount St. Helens. Over on Mount St. Helens. He was like, Hey man, I ain't leaving. I'm gonna ride this storm out. He's like 150 feet underground now. <laughs> so, so this thing about, um, <clears throat> uh, why you know why do we all know Pompeii and why is it super famous is is because um, because of kind of how it went down and uh, the discoveries made um, archaeological studies and and discoveries because of this were pretty profound and it's in a beautiful part of the world and people visit it constantly I know multiple people who have been there. Um, I even had an uncle that lived in Naples for a long time, which is not far. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's accessible. And, um, and so leading into why, you know, I mean, sure, I'm sure everybody's seen a picture of the, um, uh, plaster silhouetted bodies that they have. And, and I'll explain, or we'll explain how those came about anyway, but um, so the day this, you know, this, this, I think it said August 24th, 79 AD, um, you know, there was smoke coming out of it. Um, I think there were six surges of hot gas that poured out of this thing. And I guess maybe you can interject days prior. There were signs that this thing was going to blow. It's not like it just went. They had some signs, but they didn't know what it was or what it was doing. And they went up there and checked and nobody with a helicopter had lowered a bunch of tires into it and started any tires on fire so they were like well if it's not that we don't know what it is right 
So um, that's a that's a callback. Callback from another episode. Oh, callback. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Go on. You can talk about how uh, the uh, you know when it started to blow, there were different stages. Yeah. So it exploded and just a. I think it went. Oh God, I might. I hope I'm not wrong with this, but something stupid like 18 miles up, it exploded. And there's record, I guess they found written record of this, which is also just fascinating. Like the kind of stuff they're still uncovering to this day of information about what happened that day. Um, but the first thing that started happening, well, first, a plume of smoke that could be seen for a gazillion miles, forever, um, basically covered up the sky. And it turned immediately dark. And everybody kind of looked up like, what is going on? And there's records of people waking up. Like maybe they had taken a nap. They woke up and thought like, oh my God, is it nighttime? Like that's how dark it was. And then immediately people were like, wrote that like, oh, was it an eclipse? Uh, it was, seemed like there was a, a solar eclipse. Um, and when they went outside, it was just the entire sky had been covered over by this, this, what, they, look, what people assume must have looked like just smoke. And the next thing that happened was the, it started raining these small, basic, like, stones, pumice stones. And I don't know if you guys have ever just picked up pumice stones, but they're very, very light. They almost look like cratered. I, I, always, saw, I always thought of them, they look like moon rocks. Um, but they're just very, very light, not very dense small rocks and they started like raining down like hailing um these pumice rocks and of course this is i mean if this happened nowadays people would be like what the hell is going on but back then it was like magical and people were outside and they 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 at this point nobody was really running or evacuating it they didn't really i mean it was a massive explosion which you know what the hell was that now the sky's completely dark and now it's raining rocks and they, I, I don't know how they've determined this, but what I read was people got struck in the head by, like, most of the rocks were very, very small, like little pebbles, and they're very light. But then it started, like, raining down basically fist-sized pieces of pumice stone. And at this, from the altitude that they were falling from, these pumice stones would reach terminal velocity. So they'd be coming down at, like, 200 miles an hour, so it didn't really matter once they were that big. I mean, they would be, they hit people with the force to either, you know, seriously injure them or kill them. And they did find people dead in the street with injuries to their head that looked like they got struck in the head by big pumice stones. So just, just the visual of that, just trying to imagine what it must have been like to have the whole sky, especially with no idea of science or what the heck had gone on. All of a sudden, the sky goes black and it's raining rocks and then massive rocks, rocks that hit people and kill them where they stand. Um, this kind of prompted people to start fleeing and running, but then the port, because it was right on the, on, the, on the sea, the port got just inundated with people and then people realized like they were trapped like, what are you gonna do run away everywhere you could look it was raining these rocks there was nowhere to go they couldn't escape everything was like basically log jammed so people were stuck and these rocks 
got so thick that they started actually caving in the buildings. They started piling up outside of doors, trapping people in their homes. People would have to like climb up to higher floors, jump out the window because they can no longer, it was almost like a massive snowstorm. I don't know whoever's listening, whoever's listening out there to this. Um, if you've ever been in a massive snowstorm where you get three to five feet and you can't open your door so you can only get out from like an up, like that's what this was. That's how much ash and rock was spewn into the sky. I mean, it's just crazy when you think about it. Yeah. And that wasn't even the worst of it. No, no. Um, and what they said was initially, uh, her, I don't know how to say that. Is it Herculean? I, I feel like I'm saying that wrong. The the other town, the other town. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's Herculaneum. Herculaneum was actually closer to Vesuvius. But up until this point, because of the winds, mm-hmm. which normally blow out to sea, but that day weren't, because of the winds and the direction they were blowing, Herculaneum didn't get any of the pumice rain yeah. at all. Um, they were left with a much, much worse fate, um, which came, and I forget the name of this. Do you have the name of this wall of, thousand degree basic like smoke or yeah it's called uh pyroclastic flow jesus it's uh and by definition it's a it's a fast moving current of hot gas and volcanic matter that flows along the ground away from a volcano at average speeds of 100 kilometers an hour but is capable of reaching speeds of 700 kilometers an hour and did you get a temperature on that? I, I, I read that it was five times the temperature of boiling water, which is 212 degrees. So we're talking about 1,060 degrees, basic 1,060 degrees smoke traveling at uh, 500 kilometers per hour. Yeah, and it came in waves too because not only is it smoke, but yeah, the smoke comes, but then it's followed up by like whatever else, like thick, plumes of ash and lava and ash and whatever and actually i think in herculaneum they said like the first at first it like it took i think 16 hours but here i have it here see um at first it was covered by 40 feet of this shit and then by the end it was covered up to 80 feet of this yeah 80 feet so i mean and that's why you know that's why these cities were lost to history because they're completely buried and um like for instance uh herculaneum was in the 18th century a farmer found it by accident because he was digging a well and um and there's a whole nother fascinating story that goes along with that this is 18th century the um uh bubons i think it was the bubons is that how you say it the kings of the of naples um and they wanted all once they found that they heard that this city was there they sent all these people like to like dig tunnels into the to the uh the the ash and the pumice in the ground and um like try to steal art from the buildings and frescoes and all that kind of stuff and then a whole lot of people died trying to get all that so um so anyway i mean um yeah that's that's kind of herculaneum it's a smaller it was a much smaller town than than pompeii um and i think i think it 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 only had like 4,000 inhabitants 
at the time. Oh, that is small. I the biggest thing that I I I just couldn't get my head around was um, when you think about smoke traveling smoke, but something that looks like smoke. These this pyroclast the thing the hot the hot smoke yeah um traveling at that speed what i can't get out of my head is the vision um of the world trade center falling can't get out of my head can't get out of my head my fucking legs um yeah the and and as as the towers fell you had these massive plume of smoke and debris just flood this whole new york city right 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 and the, that smoke was going that fast. Now imagine if that smoke, you know, wasn't just carcinogenic, which it was. You know, yeah. those poor people in New York City now are dealing with the effects and the, the consequences of that. But it was a thousand degrees, which means it was burning you to the point where it left your bones as charcoal. Like that's how fast you burned. So. I'm reading this, and in my mind, I have a picture of the World Trade Center falling, and then Sarah Connor. Damn, you took my you took my thing. <laughs> I did. Yeah, and Sarah Connor looking at a playground as L.A. in the background comes up in a bright white light, and she yeah. just is like, yeah, like, yeah. like that. It, honestly, it wasn't any different than that. It's a nuclear blast, basically. I mean, I know nuclear blasts get hotter than that, but what's the difference once it turns your bones to charcoal, like? Whether it's a thousand degrees or two thousand degrees, who gives a fuck? Right, right, right. Well, I so mean, it's just horrible. So what's fascinating is is then um, I, I forget what year this was. I didn't and I f- didn't write his name down. But uh, much later, an archaeologist comes along and he realized that because of how everything went down and how these people were like essentially vaporized and covered in this pyroclastic debris and ash smoke. and smoke and it hot literally what do you say it's hot smoke yeah it literally vaporized everything and encased it so like if there were what's fascinating from an archaeological standpoint is, is that like we're able to learn so much about these cities that we wouldn't have learned if we were just digging them out of the dirt in the ground normally like for instance all of the wood became carbonized immediately any wood that was out in the open. So when that happens, it maintains its form and its shape and its texture and all of that stuff. So there's like beds and doorways and intricate framework and carvings and stuff like that that have existed that we can now study because they were essentially preserved by becoming carbonized at such a high temperature so quickly. Um, And the same thing happened with the human form in the sense that you know, uh, they this archaeologist found out that there were these voids in the ground and they were in the shape of the, the form of the humans as they died. And so what he did was he poured plaster into the holes and let it dry. And then that's why we have these famous plaster oh, casts. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Is that yeah. what that is? Yeah, they're not like people weren't actually like turned into stone because of this. But... The reason we have all those plaster figures is because an archaeologist figured that these voids in the ground were actually where the bodies should have that been. That's fucking wild. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I so, want one. Yeah. Well, you can go see them. Um, but, and then from that, 
now what they're doing to get into a little bit of the science of it is, is they're doing that modern like laser uh, uh, scanning of the of the plaster casts and recreating the faces of these people and like. Oh, wow. One of the guys, they were like, well, this guy was like a soldier and he was with his family. And when they recreated his face, he like, he was like of African descent. He, he clearly looked like in, in like of African descent. So I always think that's funny is, is like how whenever you see these movies or a lot of these shows about like Vesuvius or like, didn't they make a movie a couple of years ago called Vesuvius with like uh, uh, the dude from, um, uh, what's his name? Kit. Um, the guy from, um, shit, um, David Hasselhoff. No, (laughs) no. Um, uh, the show on HBO, uh, fucking dragons and shit. Um, oh my God. I don't know, but come on. White walkers. Yeah, Game of Thrones, but yeah, I don't Thrones. know. Anyway, they I, I made didn't watch it. With, that. We Kit did Harrington. a Game of Thrones cast, and I wa- I listened to the whole thing. Yeah, Kit Harrington. Anyway, like they did Vesuvius with him, and of course, like everybody's white, Italian, white looking, you know, all that shit. So, but just I mean, it was a really actually kind of diverse uh, place. No, the movie was called Pompeii. Oh, whatever. Um, and because you know, it's really actually is close to Africa, and. Uh, uh, so on and so forth. But anyway, so well, that's... And they probably had black gladiators. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They're Damon, probably Damon Huntsu. fucking white gladiators too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so... like the first NBA. <laughs> so I think that's another reason why people are so fascinated with, with Pompeii and Herculaneum is because uh, from a, a historical and scientific and archaeological standpoint, like it's presenting so much fascinating information it's literally a city that is frozen in time um and there's just so much to learn frozen with heat ah how about that see that um and uh so do you have do you have more information here or shall i shall i talk about some other attributes to this whole i do have information did you know that Kiefer sutherland played in pompeii i i did not but that does not surprise me based on what i just said about uh, dare I use the term whitewashing if Kiefer Sutherland's in it. You don't get much whiter than that. He was uh, one of the Romans who like killed a bunch of Celtic horsemen. Of course. Yeah, of course. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, give me some, uh, give me some, um, some volcano info. All right. So, all right. First of all, um, where's my, my stuff here? Uh, Pompeii. Okay. So what I wanted to know was, all right, first of all, all right, Vesuvius has erupted three dozen times since 79 AD. So it's, it's, it's fucking active. And, and like, for instance, I was talking about Herculaneum, how there were 4,000 inhabitants back then. There are now 650,000 that live in that same area in Herculaneum or whatever it's called now. Pompeii, I don't know. It's even more. Um, and so basically, if, if that thing erupted now... In 79 AD, did you get a number on this? Because I saw all kinds of numbers about how many people they think died. 4,000? No. Yeah, I saw everything from 1,500 to 16,000. Like, I, they don't yeah, fucking know. I, okay, I, I think I saw, like, they estimated 4,000 people died. Which is like, 
a lot back then. Yeah. It's, it's a, like whole a world. lot. lot. <laughs> if it erupted today, they think that it would, I don't know if they would know how many would die, but it would cost, here's the other thing. It would cost $20 billion probably in, in damage in, you know, world helping the situation. $20 billion. Um, so, hey, hey, by the way, with that many eruptions in that much time, yeah, that means it erupts every 54 years. Well, okay, so yes and no. So the last time it erupted was 1944, but that ended a cycle. Like, I guess the volcano goes through, like, activity cycles, kind of like the sun goes through, like, periods of, like, solar, uh, whatever they call it, solar maximum. So the volcano in 1944 when it erupted it kind of ended its like high cycle so i don't know where it is now or like you said if it's every 50 years it starts kicking back up or what each volcano is different um but when it erupted in 1944 there's video footage video i guess you would call it film but now video uh, of that uh circumstance and, and eruption happening and the city was decimated like buildings were falling down it was terrible so, uh, it doesn't seem like they're ever going to learn their lesson about living there. I, I mean, I'm telling you, it's the same concept. Like, you just have generations living there, and that's their home. I mean, it's like telling people who have, like, three, four generations of people living in uh, Arkansas or wherever or, or Oklahoma. Like, hey, you can't live here. It's Tornado Alley. And people being like, this is my home. This is what... My grandfather, my grandfather's grandfather, and then his. I mean that, it's it's just human nature. That's tribal. This is where my tribe is from. I'm not leaving. You know. Yeah. Um, let me see if I have any more. So the oldest dated rock found around Mount Vesuvius is 300,000 years old. If that if that means anything to you, if you're a geologist, if you like that kind of information. Um, let me see that's here. It's not very old. No. I was, I know there's some rock climbers who were talking about rock that's like a billion years old, like earth old. Yeah. Making some of the formations, like the granite formations that are like Yosemite old type stuff. So um, in 79 AD, as we know, the eruption of Vesuvius was the first volcanic eruption ever to be described in detail. And from 18 miles away, west of the volcano, Pliny the Younger witnessed the eruption and later he is He's by far my favorite Pliny. Yeah, the Younger? Yeah, um, that's as a dicks. He witnessed the eruption and later recorded his observations in two letters. So uh, they were talking about it. Um, so that guy, that's the one I was going to bring up. I'm glad you said his name. I couldn't remember from the show I watched. I think you said the same thing. I watched this one show after I read a little bit about it. And they're fucking, they're boring. Like I, I didn't watch the movie Pompeii with Kiefer in it. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss is also in it. Um, I didn't watch that. Maybe I should watch that. But everything I tried to watch on Pompeii and Vesuvius was so fucking boring. But they so that, boring, dude. That Pliny the Pliny the Young um, was in everything. So obviously his writings on this are what they, they pull a lot of information out of. I'm thinking that this guy, being a prominent member of the Roman Empire... He knew Jesus. Sure. He probably stuck up picking him when he was on the cross. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think he went to the pay-per-view. 
Um, <laughs> uh, again, it, it, another time it erupted, 1631. It killed 4,000 people then. So, like, this thing's a this thing's a mass murderer. It just keeps coming so, back for more yeah, sequels. Like, I, there's no way, though, that every time it didn't bury the city under 80 feet of ash. No, I'm going to talk in a little bit about uh, VEI, Volcanic Eruption... A volcanic explosion explosive index okay um but yeah okay so i was then curious i said to myself i had i had so many questions i was like well if this volcano keeps doing this um what like how many volcanoes are there out there you know like and the total number of volcanoes on on earth is kind of unknown there are 1,500 on land that are known to be active. Wow. There are, uh, in, in a, submar- a submarine amount, are unknown. So there's just like countless underneath the ocean floor. Um, there are 600 known that are uh, uh, erupted during recorded history. And I don't really even know what recorded history means at this point. So we know of 600 eruptions. 600 volcanoes that erupt. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. So 600 individual volcanoes that have erupted potentially multiple times each. Yeah, definitely multiple times. Got it. Okay, sorry. Um, 50 to 70 are erupting every year. What? Yeah. There's just some that just are constantly erupting. They're just not. Well, there's that. Would they, don't you go to? You can go to. I've never been there, but you can go to Hawaii and just watch a volcano just spew liquid hot magma. Twenty, yeah, twenty are erupting at any given time. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, and, is this above 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 water, like above, on land? Yeah, those are land land land. I think. Yeah. Are any of them? Do we know constantly erupting underwater? I don't ha- have an answer for that, but I'm sure there's... Vol- I mean, if there's vol- volcanic activity above, there's there's definitely volcanic activity below. Um, Above, it, as is below? Was yeah, that right, something like that. But also something we didn't, we didn't talk about and I didn't look up and we don't really have an answer for is the capacity for, for, for what these volcanoes are capable of. Like, obviously, we know there's a super volcano underneath Yellowstone, which we talked about on one podcast at some point in time. And if, if not, if, when that thing erupts, that's going to be it's like, it. it's just going to be a world ender. It's going to be an extinction level event. Is that not great? So, have you ever been to Yellowstone? Uh, no. Okay. Have I? I don't, I'm asking you. That's what I'm saying to you. Uh, where does it start? How far west? Well, it's no. I haven't. I haven't been in the Yellowstone. It's, it's in Wyoming. Yeah, and then it, it go. Yeah, no, I, I haven't been. Okay, uh, well, yeah. when I was there, it was weird because I, I, I'm just being. An, I was just being an idiot. I guess it's like I was standing there being like, man, I hope it doesn't erupt right now. Cause like I was standing on it, and then and the, the, what's ridiculous <laughs> about that is like, it wouldn't fucking matter if I was in China, right? Right. Like yeah, I wouldn't disintegrate immediately, but I'm still dying. You know, maybe it's better just to You're be standing dead! there. Just... <laughs> yeah, but it is eerie when you're walking around there and you've got Old Faithful, and then there's like bubbling, like boiling mud. There's areas where they you're not allowed to walk because 
the mud is so hot that if you fell in it, you would fucking boil to death. And then Old Faithful Geyser goes off all the time. And you're thinking like, God, I'm walking on this thing that could explode at like any time and kill everybody on earth. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And you're right there. It's like, it's like looking down the barrel of a gun and you're like, God, I, you know, I really hope it doesn't go off, you know? Yeah. And, uh, uh, is this the one? So then my next question was, all right, if, if this is what uh, Mount Vesuvius did, and we're talking about it, you know, a couple thousand years later, yeah, what does that? How does that size up to like other volcanic eruptions? Like, is that a bad one? Is that not so bad? And so that's when I I came across um, the uh, VEI essentially, which is the volcanic explosivity index and it rates from zero to like eight um you know how fucked up the explosion was but it's a little confusing too because um not every not every not every eruption can be catastrophic in the same way you know what i mean like i guess not every eruption is going to have pyroclastic flow but at the same time the lava can run down and do yeah. a shit ton of damage or you know yeah, what I, mean? I didn't read anywhere because this one i thought i think i don't know if i said it on the show or if i told you beforehand um i thought pompeii was destroyed because like in my mind ignorantly i just thought like oh like all volcanoes it just lava came out and just fucking burned everything that's it and i just oh okay just it was you know, lights out for everybody. But none of the stuff I read, and maybe I didn't read enough, or I could just be wrong, but like talked about liquid hot magma, magma. burning anybody. Right. Well, I don't, yeah, because I think, well, because traditionally magma moves really slowly and you're going to get out of the way of that if you want to. Yeah. Remember a couple of years ago, there was that magma going across like the street in Hawaii. Yeah. And it was just. Why did it move that car? I don't know. You remember yes. that? Yeah. It just ate it alive, but yeah. like really and, slowly. And then there's these people like, again, I, I, this wouldn't be me, but there's people like, oh, let's go, let's go real, like, let's go let's walk go over there. Let's go spit on it. Yeah. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I know it's slow, but like, I, there's like a part of me, like have some respect. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know. It's like, morons. I, uh so anyway. so on this zero to eight list, there's all these geological terms, which I'm not even going to pretend like I can pronounce or know what they mean. But I will say this. So if you're wondering where Vesuvius, ni- uh, 19, I keep wanting to say 1979, just 79, 79 AD. Um, Vesuvius was a five. Okay. That's uh, pretty badass, right? It's pretty badass. Vesuvius is a five. 79 uh, other ones that fell in the five category are 1707 mount fuji uh 1886 uh tarawera 1963 agung i don't know where that is 1980 saint helens um so mount saint helens was the same category event mm -hmm. as vesuvius 
Exactly. Damn. That's another thing I've seen. Like, I, I was out there. I don't know where the fuck I was. Maybe in Washington? Is that is that in Washington State? And you're, you, I was standing on the highway, and you look over, and it's, like, super apparent that there used to be, like, the shape in, on, in, on the horizon looks like it used to be a mountain, and there's, like, a massive crater blown in the side of it. Yeah, yeah it's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's in Washington. Uh, 1982, El Chichon. Uh, that's in Mexico. Uh, 91, Mount Hudson. That's in Chile. In 2011, Puyehue which is in Chile also. I do remember when that one went in 2011. Yo, so, El Chichan, if I was a cartel leader, that would be my fucking name. You'd have a base inside the volcano. I'd be like, um, I'm El Chichan. Now, those were fives. And then I, so, so then I was like, all right, well, what else went up? And I'm looking at this little, I don't know, comparisons with other eruptions. And... Um, there's one on here that I was like, like it's it's like I'll, I'll put this in the show notes. It's like uh, I'm showing you. It's like a bar graph and like, yeah, uh, Mount St. Helens is like this. Can you see my fingers? Yeah, I see. Them. And then yeah, there's there's them. one that happened in 1815 that's literally like this. And what? I'm like, what is it's Mount Tambora in Indonesia, and dude, the Indonesians get fucked with. They stop. I mean, in a way, it is a good thing that it was on a little island in Indonesia and not like a major New York city. Yeah, like a major landmass. But um, it was the uh, in 1815, Mount Tambora was the most powerful volcanic eruption in recorded human history, with a volcanic explosivity index of VEI seven. Um, the eruption ejected 160 to 213 cubic kilometers of material into the atmosphere. Is Yo, the most, cubic yeah. kilometers. I was bitching because I had six cubic yards of mulch delivered on my driveway, and I was like, dude, that's so much. Yeah, this is kilometers. Cubic kilometers. Get the fuck out of here. It's like miles. <laughs> Mile. It's like Texas. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't even know, but whatever. Um, and um it increased uh oh where was I? Um uh, Mount Tambora is on the island of uh, Sumbawa in present-day Indonesia, then part of the Dutch East Indies. Although its eruption reached a violent climax on the 10th of April, 1815, increasingly increased steaming and small phreatic eruptions occurred during the next six months to three years. So when I say that the one on St. Vincent is still ongoing, it's because, like... It's not really over till it's over. And um, and just to give you a point of reference on Tambora, even though it was, you know, kind of, I don't want to say in the middle of nowhere. It wasn't in the middle of nowhere. Um, I believe this is the one. Let me just make sure I have my numbers here right because I, I, I tend to fuck things up quite a bit. Um, I believe 100. Let me see. Let me just... 1815. Oh, what? I just opened like the... While you're doing that, isn't Indonesia also where the massive tsunami that few years ago... Yeah. Ravaged? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me confirm here. Okay. 1815 Mount Tambora. How many people do you think died in that? 
in what year? 1815. On an Indonesian Ten. island in the surroundings. 10,000. Times 10. What? 100,000. A hundred thousand fucking people died? Yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, wait, okay. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to minimize anything here. But was it a hundred thousand people in the initial explosion or a hundred thousand people over the course of three years? Because there's uh, a difference between a hundred thousand people all at once and thirty three thousand people for a year for three years. I, uh, a life is a life. I I'm not trying to here, here, I'll marginalized read, people, but that's nuts. I'll read this uh, verbatim. In 1815, Mount Tambora erupted in Sumbawa, an island of the modern-day Indonesia. Historians regard it as volcano uh, eruption as the deadliest known direct impact. Roughly 100,000 people died in the immediate aftermath. Oh, my fucking God. That's insane. So 100,000? Yeah, 100,000. And and so when we talk about how many people died in the Vietnam War, sixty some thousand. Uh, you want me to look that up? Let me see. I don't mean to, like, I'm just, I'm trying to quantify, like, like, how many people died in the Revolutionary War? Let's see, Vietnam War casualties. Uh, do we have a number here? Well, deaths. U.S. and Allied military deaths, 282,000. That's okay. from 1965 to 74. That's that's almost a decade it took you know for that to happen too. Not not to not not to take anything away from it. Total deaths, 1,353,000. That counts North and Viet South Vietnam. All right, bad uh, bad 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 example. Was, yeah, bad example. I'm just. For some reason, I thought well, I have an I, example I've been for to you. D.C. and I went to the um, the Vietnam War Memorial, and maybe it's just sixty some thousand U.S. soldiers were killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not again. Jesus, I feel like I have to ver like validate everything. Like I'm not trying to marginalize anybody else's life that was lost, including the North Vietnamese. Um, but anyway, regardless, a hundred thousand people died immediately like during the eruption. Yeah, immediate immediate aftermath, whatever whatever that that's, means. That's bonkers. Um, but far more died over the next several years due to secondary effects that spread over the globe. Um, so you can imagine, you know, people are breathing that shit in for probably a decade at least. Well, um, I used to live out. Uh, I used to live where we would get a lot of forest fires. And in California, every year, I mean, the place just burns. And I would be living, I used to live in uh, Nevada. And no joke, it would, like, the fires would be hundreds of miles away. Listen to this. Hundreds of miles. And you would smell, like, you would, you're, it would smell like a campfire outside. Like, like not just like, oh, does that, a little bit, like, it would smell like you were at a campfire and the smoke from the fires were like hundreds of miles away and these are just regular forest fires not a an explosion that's the most powerful eruption in recorded human history so i i can imagine that thousands of miles away pretty like relatively pretty quickly people were seeing or feeling or smelling or whatever the effects of this eruption now this i'm, I'm going to read this whole uh, couple paragraphs here because this is 
this is mind blowing when I when I get into it here. So, um, this guy says, uh, do I have a name here? Uh, Gillian Darcy Wood, author of Tambora: The Eruption That Changed the World. Uh, what happened after Tambora is that there were three years of climate change he says the world got colder the weather systems changed completely for three years and so you had widespread crop failure and starvation all um all of asia and the united states to europe uh volcanoes near the equator can cause global weather changes if their eruptions are powerful enough to release gases into the atmosphere this gas gets trapped since it is too high to be washed away by rain then travels along the equator and spreads out towards the poles this decreases the amount of heat that passes through the stratosphere from the sun this does not. This doesn't just affect whether you should put on a sweater or not. It has a profound effects on the ecosystem you live in. With Tambora's eruption, cooling temperatures led to decreased rainfall, failed crops, and mass starvation in many parts of the world. Here's the real kicker. It's difficult to know how many people died because of starvation conditions, but the death toll is probably about a million people at least in the th- in the years afterwards. Wood says. If you want to include the fact that Tambora unleashed a global pandemic of cholera, then the death toll goes into the tens of millions. Um, how, how did it do that? <laughs> Fuck. Do we look up cholera? We're just going no, down a no. rabbit hole yeah, here. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a leak. So let's let's pause it right here. We're gonna pause and, it. Well, why not? People won't even know any difference if we pause at the same time. And then man, you know you man, you and your weak bladder. How about you dude, just let I've it? Been r- trying to, dude, I've been trying to drink this water, and we basically determined it's because I don't get enough sodium that people don't care. Can we pause it? Um, n- n- no, I'm gonna talk about cholera. You go, you go, go wee All for right. a quick All second. Right. Do your thing. So cholera, for you guys who are wondering what the hell we're talking about here, is an infectious. An often fatal bacterial disease in the small intestine typically contracted from infected water supplies and causing severe vomiting and diarrhea. So what I'm gathering is by what this this author is saying is because of all of the gases and uh, ash and everything that went into the atmosphere and, and covered the world, essentially water supplies are extremely contaminated and therefore people were dying of cholera left and right, which is horrible. Now, when you think about this, this is a level seven VEI, VEI indexed uh, volcano eruption. That That's not even an eight. I think there's some eights on the uh, scale here, which maybe I'll talk about when Dell comes back. But um, if one of these super volcanoes goes off or we have an eight or something like that, uh, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. Because, um, you know, if a super volcano goes off, I remember seeing a show about this years and years ago, and they said that like when one has gone off, you're talking about, it's probably one of these ones that's listed as an eight here. Um, it, 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 it has covered the earth in darkness and cold for like a decade, if not more. So we're not just talking about Three years. We're talking about ten years. Oh, Dell is back. I'm telling the people about if something like an eight goes off or a super volcano, because Tambora covered the earth in coldness and whatnot for three years. Um, they say that like a super volcano will do it for ten years, 
And then we're really in trouble. Now I'm looking at some of the eights on the list here and you're talking about these all happen like uh, 30,000 uh, BC and 13, wait, where, where are these years? Okay, no, these are like in the middle. Okay, so yeah, 26,000 BC, uh, 74,000 BC, 254,000 BC. And then we're talking about uh, Yellowstone went off in 630,000 BC. Um, 2 million BC, 2 million 200 BC. So these are really, really like few and far between. But when you figure we haven't had an eight in... Um, uh, 29, 28, 29,000 years. I'm probably, probably kind of getting due for one. Man, like a lot of people believe that like the earth resets itself by doing some of that stuff. Um, if I didn't even hear how cholera was related, I'll hear it on the playback. Mm. But if say we got a six, seven, Whatever. It doesn't have to be an eight, but a six, whatever. One of those massive ones. And we had a three-year drastic temporary climate change, which which affected crops and everything. Um, if And then maybe disease. And so you have famine, disease, all that kind of stuff. If 10 million people died f- with Tambora, I mean, with such a mu- drastically vastly smaller population world population than now do you think that like it i mean what would the numbers be with this like well you know i'm looking at the sevens and i'm doing a little math here and it looks like on average i'm looking at like the last six or seven of them the actually the last one two three four the last five since we actually have more accurate you know knowledge of these i guess They've gone off at almost exactly every 500 years. So the next seven, if we're, if we're just playing by that set of rules, the next seven should go off in what, 2300? It's going to happen. Jesus. It's going to happen in, in you know, your, your great grandkids' life or something like that. You know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah. So, and then, but by then, that'll probably be the least of our worries. You know what I mean? Um, who the fuck knows? We're probably never even going to get through this damn pandemic, which has killed, not to mention that, has killed uh, worldwide. Oh, I just had the number up here. Yeah, but like it's really killed hardly anybody compared to 10,000 people or whatever that was back then. It's killed like less than a percent of the population of the world. It's killed 2.97 million. That's nothing to s- sneeze at, though. No yeah, but 2.97 million, say three for easy math, is three million out of eight billion or whatever we're at is you're at like a thousandth of a percent. It's when you're talking about these massive, like cataclysmic events in world history that killed this just so many people. Like, I don't know. I'm of the believer that it, this. This is what's happening now in our little lifetime. So people want to say like COVID is this massive thing. I, I just don't, I'm, I'm not, a, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. People are going to forget it. And when you start talking about Tambora, you start talking about Vesuvius and you're talking about three years, three years, it, it like affected things. People, the pandemic in three years from now, people aren't even going to be talking about it. 
Yeah, because like we, we, I mean, I'm sure we talked about this on the uh, the COVID one and two cast, but like 500 million people died from the Spanish Spanish 1918 pandemic. That was one third of the world's population uh, became I mean, look infected. At the Black Plague, like the bubonic plague back then, like things like that are just like. Or no, I'm sorry. Not- 500 million people got infected, not died. 50 million people died from that. 50 million. Okay, still monstrous, especially when you have to make it relative to the world population. But this thing is, COVID is not necessarily going to be remembered for this type of thing that these are for as far, like just straight deaths. It's going to be more remembered for like the economic impact and, and the cultural impact and political impact and you know like that kind of stuff which is nothing i'm not i'm not trying to to marginalize that but that, well that's why i mentioned if pompeii goes off now like a small small ticket price would be like 20 billion that's crazy just in the area and not pompeii vesuvius goes off pompeii itself i got it yeah yeah any i'm just like man it's just so hard to get our little 20th first century minds around what the magnitude of something like that was. I think what we've learned here today is something like never live next to a volcano (laughs) when death is on the line. Iocane powder. That's what what Vincini would say because he was so wise and knowledgeable. Anybody want the peanut? Um, it's like getting that's a, a watch along man yeah it's not very long either that's like a 90 minute film that's a good one um, do we want to wrap up the uh, we're coming up here on an hour do we want to wrap really? up the holy yeah. shit time flies when you I mean this time just erupted on us yeah man uh, do you want to um, do you want to move into our extremely popular new segment it is extremely popular. Shout well. outs, shout outs galore to everybody out there who listened and responded. We, uh, I just checked before, before this, um, this podcast. Our karma is now up to two. We got it. We, dude, we doubled our karma. We doubled our karma. That's a hundred percent increase by running this this segment. You ready? Do it. He comes to me for advices. So it's not that hard for me to give him the wrong advices. I got a fever, and the only prescription is WNDR. That's right. Love it. It's time for the advices segment. Um, You know, I really struggled to find anything that was humorous. There is nothing funny out there. One thing I have learned by looking at Reddit is... Man, there's a lot of people out there suffering. Like it's it's fucking depressing. Every minute, every second somebody is posting something for advice and none of it is a laughing matter. So, uh, which one do you want to do first? Um, what do we have here? Uh, we what, got um we got unhealthy teenager, we got I have like 50 million windows open right now. We got um, the bullying one and we got the um I'm about to see my ex. Oh, right, 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 right. Let's do the, Let's start with the ex. All right. Because I think that's pretty cut and dry. Should I read it? Is that what you said? I see. Yeah, you can read it. Do it. Okay. 
Uh, me, me, me and my ex will meet up, will meet this coming Monday. And let me just start by saying it's my, my ex and I. There's a little bit of a grammatical advice for you there. Um, I'm sure that really helps. <laughs> yeah. Me, 20 female, dumpy, and my ex, 19 male, broke up a month ago. And I begged for two weeks. And now, no contact for two weeks. We are classmates. So we will be seeing each other this coming Monday for a class pictorial. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um... I am not ready to see him yet, and I don't know what to do or what to think to calm myself. Just the thought of us acting like we don't know each other cause a physical pain in my chest. I am afraid I might cry in public when I actually see him in person. I don't know how to get myself emotionally ready for whatever happens. Um, I will be... Okay, and that's just the topic again. Um... I just want to say this. Here's my advice. Whether you're, whether internally, whether this plays or not, it doesn't matter. Externally, you need to play this cool as fuck. Fuck. When you, when you walk into that class and you see him, you go up, you give him a little punch in the shoulder, a little pat on the back, be like, yo, uh, Jimmy, whatever his name is. Yo, Jimmy, what's up, man? How you, you know, everything's cool, man, or whatever. And just move and just take your seat and learn your fucking pictorial, whatever that is. Dude, and like the first guy you see, like who you're sitting next to, like in class, make sure Jimmy can see you. You fucking blow him right there in front of Jimmy. <laughs> and you'd be like, you watch, you fucking watch. <laughs> All right, don't do that. No, that's terrible advice. Um, you know but, what else is terrible advice? This fucking guy here, departure possible 504. Dude, the other thing I oh, noticed right. is not only is there a lot of pain on, on, on Reddit, which is not worth, which is not a laughing matter. The fucking advice on here, I'm saying this as we're giving advice, but the fucking advice is terrible. Departure possible 504 goes, is there any possible way you can avoid that class? Just bail. It's not worth the emotional upheaval. Yes, it is. It's absolutely worth the emotional upheaval. You're 20 years old. See, the good thing about this kind of pain is that this pain, it really hurts. A lot of people have gone through it. But it's the kind of pain that even though it really, really hurts, it doesn't actually damage you. So it's good pain. It's the kind of pain you learn from and it's important pain. Like Dutch said, take this opportunity, stand up tall, get your chest out, your shoulders back, walk in there proud, take control of the situation, show Jimmy that like you're good. And that's a, that's a life lesson. Also, yeah. if you can't do that, that's also fine. You're worried that you might cry in public. Yeah. Well, you know what? So you cry in public. Yeah. It is what it is. You're allowed to feel whatever emotion you feel. And if you cry, you cry because everybody has been in that position in life. So I agree with Dutch. Go in there and try to play it off. Be cool as hell. Don't yeah. listen to Dell. Don't blow the dude. That, the first thing, that's, that's bad <laughs> advice. But just for, and also, you know what? Like the, the, 
like I said before, the biggest thing you can do is just understand that whatever you're fucking feeling is real and you're validated. Don't worry about it. If this guy makes you cry, well, then so what? You had feelings for him and now you're dumped. You begged. It didn't work. It's a learning experience. And you're going to come out the other end of this and you're going to be stronger, more experienced. You're going to know more about yourself and you're going to be better off. This, yeah. this actually is probably a good thing that it happened. No, it is. And a couple things. Um, I have uh, I happen to have a, a, a buddy who's in college right now currently, and he's, uh, I think he's 19. And um, Jesus, maybe it's you guys. <laughs> no. Um, not. You didn't say we went to school. But I, I'll just say this. Um, I told him this too. I don't know how long you didn't mention this in your uh, uh, post, how long you were together. But I promise you at your age, it wasn't that long considering how much life you have ahead of you. And and it's like I told this uh, buddy of mine because he just went through this similar thing. I was like, bro, I was like, she did you a favor in the sense that um, y- you felt something for her. It's been taken away. You hurt. You'll be angry. You'll go through those phases. But you didn't waste years of your life to figure out the same thing that you figured out in months you know what i mean like i wasted a lot of my life going through two-year relationship after two-year relationship after two-year relationship because i was like trying to make shit work you know whatever whatever i talked about this before on a podcast but you're in a good situation you're young you guys broke up it's gonna hurt it never feels great um but you can you can move on and and look if he's the kind of dick that when you like walk into class and you you know, carry yourself well and you pat him on the back and just wave to him and say, hey, how's it going? Hope everything's well. If he if he's the kind of dick who's like, what happened to all that begging for two weeks? Was it you over that? Be like, just be like, yeah, I am. Yeah. I am yeah, like, over that. Exactly. Like, like, yeah. I apologize. I guess I needed to get that out of me. It's over. Yeah, you're right. I'm done with that. And, and the worst part about that is, is he's going to try to get you back then after that. And don't do it. Don't do it. I doubt, you yes. know what I mean? Like that's, that's that a game. Would be a mistake. That's a game he'll play because when people see that you're okay, they want to be around you. It's like this, it's like this syndrome I always say with like, I used to do security in bars, right? And all these douchebag guys come into the bar and there's a million girls and the, there's a million girls on the dance floor and they all hit on the bartender. Why? Because she's not there to like get drunk and have fun. She's like doing a job and looking like she has her shit together and she's looking like she's unattainable. She's unattainable and she's in control of her situation and all this stuff like that. So guys look at that and go like, "Whoa, that girl is in control of shit." Like I I want I want to be a part of that. I want to tackle that. I want to, you know, so like if you just have control of your shit, but just don't be surprised if like when you express that you're in control of your shit, if he's going to try to knock you back down to his peg. So like just own it. Move on, have a good class, doing a pictorial, whatever that is. Also, I got to stand up for the guy here also. He dumped you. And again, you don't need to like what I'm about to say, but maybe you deserve to be dumped. And maybe he's not a bad guy. Mm. And maybe you're just self-conscious because you do miss him and you're hurting but he may be a good fucking dude and understand the situation for what it is too 
You might be overthinking this, which is fine. I've been there too. You might go in there and he's like a squared away guy who understands the situation, doesn't want to make it awkward. He's going to be cool to you too. And you guys are going to be like adults about it. So that's a possibility. That'd be a really nice possibility at the age of 19 and 20. Um, but I'm like just saying, just you, saying. You, you, all I can say is bottom line is, is you're young. Um, sometimes when you pull your head out from under the sheets, you realize that the sun is still shining and there's a whole lot of other wow, that's deep. flowers out there in the, uh, field flowers. So many flowers. You're going to realize that, you know, maybe you do end up blowing the guy next to you. <laughs> yeah. You might marry the dude that like. Like you blow the dude and then he's like, wow, that was amazing. And you're like, yeah. Or yeah. maybe, or maybe he blows you. <laughs> True. And you're gonna be like, wow, that was amazing. And you guys like, well, you, you, you want to go get something to eat? And then like, yeah, I'll get something to eat. And then you guys get married. Dude, I just had like a, a panic sweat for a second. And I thought to myself, we're talking about people blowing each other. Let's, I was like, oh my God, wait, they're 20. They're okay. That's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Anyway, that's our advice for you. Um, just uh, just that pain that's in your chest, just grab it, throw it out, and hold your chest up and hold your head up high and just own it. Own it. Um, bullying or eat healthy? Um, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I think the bullying is going to be the hardest one. Let's do eat healthy. <laughs> All right. Yeah, bullying, man. All right. All right, I need to eat healthier, but my diet is out of control right now. Yeah, oh boy, I feel you on this one. Um, my mom and I live with my grandparents slash mom's parents. Long story. Um, they do all the shopping, so well we don't get any say in what we eat for dinner. I've tried telling them that they should try to eat healthier food with less carbs and sodium, but they refuse. I understand where you're at. It doesn't help that my school's lunches are super unhealthy too. Most of them each contain over 1,000 milligrams of sodium alone, which is over half the recommended daily intake. We were just talking about this. Man, that's the second time. We were. Um, They're mostly fine in terms of calories and fats, though. They still taste like shit, though. I remember that. Um, We don't have the time or the money to buy food for me to pack my own lunch uh, to school every day either. Not that I would get a say in what would be bought for that either. I don't know what to do. I desperately need to lose some weight, but I can't without starting to eat better. Any advice? And if you go down, um, run a bag of titties. A <laughs> uh, person by the name of, uh, with a handle of root a bag of titties um, said, I think with your diet out of control, the most you can do is work out. Uh, I like where this guy's going. So I just wanted to bring up uh, what this guy responded with that because it kind of adds to his, like, is it a man? I don't know. I'm just labeling him as a guy. Sorry. He answers that with, yeah, but even even then my options for working out are limited. The only nearby gym is a YMCA, which has a membership for $35 a month, which is too much for us. We don't really have much equipment besides an exercise bike, but I don't want to just use that. I could do stuff that doesn't require equipment, but I don't have much space for that kind of workout. I could go for walks after school, but going alone would be a bit strange for my age, considering that all of my neighbors are like 60 plus years old. 
but mixing walks in that and that exercise bike is probably my most viable option. There we go. All right. Do you want me to go? Go ahead. I have a couple things to say to you, young man. I don't know. Do you, you didn't say your age. I want to assume that you maybe can drive. I'd like to assume that. I would want to assume that maybe you're of an age where you can have a job. I don't know that. But let's say you can't do either of those things. Um, yes, you're right. Or this exercise is important. Um, but before I get to exercise, I the, the little bit of advice, you're in a tough situation, but I would suggest this. Well, and also based on what you said about exercise, it seems like you have a little bit of a problem taking the initiative to get certain things done. And yes, you're the youngest person in the house, but that doesn't mean you can't be still a responsible person in the house especially for yourself if nobody else is going to do it. Uh, I know some a bit about that in my family. I, be, I It took me a very long time to realize that I was the adult in the family on a lot of things when I was probably your age. So what you can do, I, when I was your age, I took control of my fitness and, 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 and health. And fortunately, my parents did cook pretty well. But what I would recommend is, is maybe you can suggest that you will cook dinner. And in doing so, maybe you can go to the grocery store with them and pick out a few things and show them that actually by cooking meals, it's cheaper than, there's cheaper options to cook healthy meals than to get some quick meals or some takeout or uh, to eat poorly or whatever. My point is this, is if they want to continue to eat crappy food, let them have that, cook that for them or whatever. But you can cook your meals on the side without the sodium, without the sauces, without the added preservatives and whatnot. So I'm going to just say maybe take a little bit uh, upon yourself to learn how to cook a few meals. It can be really simple. Uh, a little bit of chicken here, a couple of vegetables. It doesn't have to be a lot. You can go and get a bag of rice really cheap, a big bag of rice for really cheap, like dollars. And you can eat brown rice, brown rice, brown rice. I, to this day, I eat brown rice every day, all day. Like that's my carbohydrate source. So there's a lot of healthy options you can you can f- try to find a way to, to do for yourself. But the other thing I'm noticing is in your response to the exercise, I get it. You can't afford a gym membership. You don't, you don't need one. Um, the exercise bike is a great start. There are tons of things you can do body weight wise. Push-ups, sit-ups, dips pull-ups and if you can't do pull-ups you can do modified pull-ups there's places you can walk i'm sure there's a a park near you or your school has something or or you know so on and so forth you you just really really need to take the initiative because it sounds like you're at a sticking point where you are so frustrated that you almost don't know where to begin dell i think you you did a great job there honestly i'm i was reading kind of ahead um it's it's not very hard now i know you also probably you're in your family the family dynamic you know dutch and i don't know so i don't know how your grandparents are i don't know how your mom is i don't know what it would be like for you in the family dynamic to make your own food i hope that that's something you could do but It is not very hard to start to learn and practice also portion control. 
because if you're getting stuff with like a lot of sodium, let's say, and fat, there's a lot of calories and stuff like that's into it. And I know it's really, really hard, but just monitor and try to measure the amount of that bad food that you're eating. And there's nothing wrong with, I didn't really understand your whole like, your neighbors are 60 plus years old, so going for a walk for your age is weird. I mean, unless you're too young to be safely walking alone, um, which would mean that you're probably too young, I'm just guessing here, to have the wherewithal to understand the daily recommended intake of sodium and understand that you need to lose weight and all that kind of stuff like that comes with age. And if you're at that age, even as a preteen or a young teenager there, I'm telling you there, unless it's a safety issue, I don't know where you live. There's no reason why you can't go for walks that then as you lose weight or, you know, build up some endurance could turn into slow jogs. And then, you know, exercise bike and jog and sit-ups and push-ups and pull-ups or modified pull-ups and all kinds of stuff like that there's also, no it, it's all great stuff it, you can you can do it you just like dutch said just take the leap of faith just step off the ledge and start and, small yeah it just and just every single day do something yeah don't don't think that oh i need a rest day you don't and, and, and you're young and, you, and you're not going to be like going nuts in the beginning. Every single day, do something to be better. Yeah. And and again, like like Dell said, we don't know the family dynamic, but we do know that there is an exercise bike in the house. And based on what you said about your family, I'm going to go ahead and guess that that exercise bike is, is being used as a laundry drying rack at this point. Right. So if you start hopping on that thing and you start doing it every day, your family's going to notice that. And whether they support it or don't support it or like it or don't like it, they're not going to be able to deny the fact that you're trying to do something. And positive. Do something yeah, positive. Yeah, positive. And, and, and if they respect that in any way, um, that may start a cascade of like saying like, hey, mom, grandma, you, you see I'm really trying here to, um, to make a better, healthier life for myself. Would it be okay if the next time we go to the store, I get a couple of cheap vegetables. Like it's it's really not that expensive. I know you're strapped, but f- you have to eat food to live. And a lot of times, the unhealthy food, depending on how you're, if it's pre-prepped or whatever, is ex- is more expensive than just raw ingredients that you can cook and eat healthy. Like I said, a bag of rice, not expensive. Uh, some vegetables, especially you, fro- frozen vegetables. Yeah, I was just gonna something. say, even if you get frozen vegetables, even you, even canned vegetables that you take out and run underwater to try and get some of the sodium from the preservative off of it, like you know, canned green beans. They're not the best version of green beans, but it's better than potato chip, like potato chips or some bullshit tater tots or something. Like you know, there's there's. Like, oh, well, canned green beans aren't the best kind. Yeah, well, canned green beans are still a hell of a lot better than some of the other alternatives that people are eating. Right. And also, um, 
you know, again, protein is going to be the most expensive thing for you. So, however you can go about getting some some cheap protein, if it's if you guys are already eating chicken or whatever it is, just uh like, you know, or if you're not getting super lean cuts of meat, just cut the extra fat off and uh and and work with that. Um but you can do it. I know you can do it. You just have to figure out how to best apply yourself and like Dell said, every single day do something if you do something every single day seven days from now you're going to notice a change seven days after that you're going to notice a change whether it's just how you feel or if you actually start seeing things change it's going to happen but it takes time one of the things you can do too that might be fun i don't know what your access to the internet is um and i feel like all these young kids these days have instagram um Find an inspirational dude or or woman on Instagram, and not only will they motivate you just by you know somebody that you learn about and respect, but the more you like you know so you're trying to get in shape and you're trying to eat healthy. If you start looking at those people, the algorithms for Instagram will start showing you more of those people, and you start learning more about this. It's going to give you ideas of things you can do. Plus, you're going to start following people that are really motivational. It's like. Do what you can to, to, to just learn about that life, you know, and then just every single day be better. Just be better. Like even if you're laying on the couch and you're tired because you had a long day at school and you're you're mad because your mom bought spam and you wanted her to get something healthier, you know what? It's out of your control. That's fine. Accept it. Eat a good portion of spam. And then go outside and walk it off. Go for a jog. Drink lots of water. Regulate that sodium. Like you can do, you can do it. And anything more than what you're doing now is better than what you're doing now. So and, you're gonna you're gonna get there, man. And also, I think you know. Lastly, I think you said something about. I closed it here. Uh, let me see. Let me open it again. You said uh, it doesn't help that school lunches are super unhealthy too. Most of them contain over a thousand milligrams of which is over half the regular dose. So you said something about, uh, okay, we don't have the time or money to buy food for me to pack my own lunch to school every day either. Um, It's cheaper to pack a lunch than it is to buy a school lunch. Hell of a lot cheaper. A lot cheaper. And if you're telling me you don't have time, I'm going to tell you to make time. Take it upon yourself. Make that happen. Tell your parents, your grandparents, be like, hey, you know what? I did some math. And I mean, again, I don't know your situation. If you're on, if you're on assistance and you're getting free lunches at school, that's one thing, you know. But yeah, that's true. That's a I, good point. You know, then it's cheaper. But if you're not on assistance, it is cheaper to pack your lunch and let your family know that. Hey, I can grab a couple little things at the grocery store. It'll be a lot cheaper than if I buy lunch at school. That kind of thing. So, yeah. hey, hey, remember, what, and also, the thing about time. And making time to do the things that are important, making the time to do things that are going to matter and change you. Um, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from Arnold Schwarzenegger, who massively motivational guy when you think of what he did and what he accomplished and where he came from. Mm-hmm. His whole thing about people who say they need to get more than six hours of sleep his his solution for that, sleep faster. Mm-hmm. And that's th- that applies to everything in life. Like you can take that and say, like, look, 
it takes eight minutes to pack a lunch. Get up eight minutes sooner. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, it's, it, you'd be amazed if you just sit down, write it out. What do I need to do tomorrow? Write it down and then just start banging out your list, man. And, and in that is a five minute walk before I get something to eat. 15 minute walk after I, after I get done eating. It's 20 minutes out of your day. It's such a small percentage of your day. Get up eight minutes earlier, pack your lunch. Like right there, you're crushing it, dude, and you're going to get there. Yeah, and again, like we said, we don't know how old you are or you know, how many people are in your family or whatever, all that stuff. But again, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, take the initiative. Start taking your steps, two steps at a time. Yeah, and, and, and you know, be- work on, your, work on your glutes, your hamstrings, like- yeah, be be a little more mature in certain aspects than than uh, than those around you. I mean, whether it's health and fitness, there's uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm looking at our time here. I think we're gonna have to save the other one for for another day. Um, That's really tough too. It's really heavy. So yeah, it's a heavy one. I don't want to end on that. Um, but um, yeah. So that's our advice for the week. Advices. And this is the advices, you know. And obviously, if you don't know, that is Arnold Schwarzenegger in the opening. Go back and listen to it again. He gives all the good advices, some of the bad advices. Um, and uh, we would like to know uh, if you have witnessed a volcanic eruption, if you have been to Pompeii or Herculaneum, or uh, shit, even Hawaii. <laughs> I'd like to know if you've even seen the movie Pompeii. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody seen? Are we should we do that as a watch along this week? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. It's probably no. like four hours long too. And we've also done some really fucking stinkers. Yeah. As watch along, uh, no way. Next one we're doing is a good one. I'm looking at the runtime of Pompeii. One hour and forty five minutes. <laughs> that movie is shorter than. Uh, the amount of time it took for all those people to die. Anyway, um, Jesus. Uh, so we'd like to know what you think about all that. And uh, if you have any questions for us to answer for advices, to give you strong advices for your future, um, or about your past, Sarah Connor. Um, and uh, you can do all that at with no due respect at gmail.com. You can write us. You can get all of these wonderful show notes and pictures and maybe even videos. I'll see if I can pull a video from the 1944 eruption of Mount Vesuvius. And that would be at withnodurespect.blogspot.com. And uh, let's see what else. You can tweet us at withnodurespect. I'm sorry, WNDR podcast. You can uh, DM us at with underscore no underscore do underscore respect. And you can get us on the Reddit at WNDR Podcast. Help us get our karma up. You got anything else, Dale? No, I actually just was watching a video of Vesuvius. In 44? Pretty cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we will check you out next time. Later. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed. But I do. And people are starting to notice.